Today is Friday, September 9th, 2022, and Biden's DOJ appeals the order to pick a special master to look over the records they seized from Trump illegally. And more Trump raids coming. Tom Fitton joins the show to talk about it, remembering the queen and why conservatives should care about the end of this dynasty. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. So here we have Mar Largo, which is a compound that is protected by government secret service agents. Here we have Mar-a-Lago, which they want you to think is just some kind of a country club, where none of the information has been leaked, including to the Washington Post. So the only leakers here are the Department of Justice, and they do not want a special master. Why? Why, America? It's a cover-up. That's why they don't want you to know everything that the Department of Justice grabbed out of Donald Trump's home. And so we're supposed to indict Donald Trump over this. Wait a minute. I thought we were going to indict Donald Trump over January 6th. Wait a minute. I thought we were going to indict him for violating the emoluments clause. Wait a minute. I thought we were going to indict him over his federal tax returns. Wait a minute. I thought we were going to indict him over his colluding with the Russians. Ladies and gentlemen, these bastards are no good. I don't care if they're dressed up as attorneys general or FBI agents or members of the media, or members of Congress. If you want to select Donald Trump as your nominee, select him. Do not let these people make that decision for you. You choose who you wish. But they want to control who the Republicans choose, and they hate Donald Trump. If Donald Trump was so weak and ineffective, do you think they'd be targeting him like Ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday, and so it is a free-for-all on this show. We are very, very excited about what we have today locked up, and we got a lot of wood to chop, but we have a request for you. It is Friday. It is a beautiful Friday in September. We are here in Tampa, Florida. It is a beautiful day today. If you want to make our day more beautiful, consider subscribing to the podcast. If you could subscribe to the podcast, it would be a free way that you could help the show grow. It would be a free way that you could help our show expand. All it takes is one little click and it's completely free on your phone. Of course, liking the content, subscribing to the channel is deeply helpful as well. And we simply want to say thank you. We have been seeing record viewership and record numbers and we are growing and we have very exciting things to announce. Possibly next week, it will be so much energy flowing through this show. People tell me I yelled too much into the microphone. I'm sorry. We played you the Mike Levin, Mark Levin clip right there. I love Mark Levin. I probably get bad habits from Mark Levin. He's like my spirit animal. He likes to yell like this. This is Mark Levin's yelling. I can yell. We're very excited on this show. We're very excited about the news. We want this country to be saved. We're parents. We're patriots. We live here in this amazing country, and we don't want it to go the way of the British Empire. So we do yell sometimes, and most importantly, we are introducing, because football is back, college football and the woke NFL, which we don't watch, we do live in Tampa Bay, we'll probably watch a couple of Brady games uh, this year, that's just the reality, it's a cultural thing down here. We are introducing the new flag, okay? Brand new on the show today, the new flag. The new flag allows us to call foul, to say, yo, something bad is going down! And so we can throw a flag on the field, and we're going to throw it right now. Flag on the field. The FBI is hiding evidence. We know this because of this first bombshell story from today that they have appealed the appointment of a special master. Flag on the field. These guys are lying. They do not want an independent 
in charge of this investigation. Of course, Donald Trump won the special master appeal this week on Labor Day. On Monday, the judge granted him, Judge Cannon, granted John Donald Trump a special master. Now, this entire situation is a disaster for the DOJ, and we'll get into exactly why. This is Good News Friday, and so we want to send you off into the weekend with some good news. But this special master appointment is similar to having a ref. We used the analogy and the metaphor earlier this week as having a referee. Would you like to play a game with no referee? Let's say you were going up against an opponent, which is exactly what the DOJ and the FBI are to Donald Trump, exactly what the Biden regime is to Donald Trump. You say you're going up against an opponent and that person said, ah, we don't want any referees. We don't want anybody in, in charge, right? Doesn't matter if it's basketball, soccer, doesn't matter if it's football. It's not a good idea to take the field when there's no one in charge, when there's no one to throw the flag. And I can't throw the flag, now it's on the ground. But there's nobody to throw the flag, there's nobody to call the game fairly. You don't want that. That's what the special master is. The special master is somebody who's there to call the game fairly, to say, yo, this is wrong. What you just did there was wrong. That is the appointment of the special master. I'm no great legal scholar or no great legal minds, but some of the greatest legal minds in the country have essentially advised me that that is what a special master is. And that is why special masters get appointed in cases like Project Veritas versus New York Times, where the FBI was raiding Project Veritas's journalists' homes and then leaking it to the New York Times. The judge is like, yo, that's uh, clearly unethical. Here you go, special master. And they do the same thing for Donald Trump. So why would you appeal having somebody who is going to call balls and strikes in this case? unless you had something to hide. And of course, the DOJ and the Biden Justice Department have something to hide, which is the political persecution of Donald Trump. And we get exactly there in this first story. So here's the news, ladies and gentlemen. The Justice Department has filed a motion to appeal the Florida judge's order appointing a special master in its investigation to Donald Trump's handling of classified documents. This is not going to be great for the DOJ because this appeal could take forever. This This appeal and the special master's job could take Till kingdom come. There is actually no timeline here. You don't have to hear appeals, and these appeals could go very slowly. It is actually incumbent upon the various federal and judicial courts to say where the appeals are going to go and what timeline they're going to have on them. And yo, this could take a while. Here's the breaking news on the appeal. And before we leave you for the story, we want to bring you a little bit of breaking news that happened during our coverage today. And that is that the Department of Justice has filed an appeal of Judge Cannon's order for a special master to oversee the Mar-a-Lago raid documents. Let's bring in justice correspondent David Spunt with the latest breaking news on that. Hi, David. Hi, Martha. Hot off the printer right here. Uh, this is a motion for a stay, essentially Department of Justice telling Judge Eileen Cannon, if you don't grant a stay on this special master request to come in and look at these documents and give us a little bit more time to figure this out, then we are going to appeal to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. So they're giving her until Thursday, September 15th to make that decision to stay. If not, then the government's going to appeal to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals in Atlanta, that will be a three-judge panel assigned randomly. Yo, okay, this is getting spicy around here. Trump's uh, Trump's lawyer, Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, was on Fox News as well, saying, uh, we've been waiting for this, we're prepared for this, and we're going to win this thing. More importantly, what they argued in their appeal was that not only do they want to appeal the special master decision, but they also, and this is what I think is the most important, they want the injunction to stop so that they can continue their investigation and their criminal action, potential criminal action against against Donald Trump. Why is that, Sean? Well, because November is a big election and Biden's down with the polls. 
This is the reality of our situation right now, America. We are literally in the most dual, as you said, there is dual systems for justice. If you are a Trump, if you are anybody else, it's different. It's not right. And if Hunter was Eric Trump or Don Jr. or Ivanka, God knows there would be some monster investigation. They'd be in cuffs, paraded around um, the FBI. It, it's it's actually absurd. Absurd. It's totally and completely third world, like the crumbling British empire, yo. Everything just spiraled into the third world. Now you're seeing it here in America. I mean, listen, we always tell you, we're not lawyers on this channel, but we have some dear friends who are lawyers. Mike Davis is one of them. And also Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch, who will join the program in just a minute. So please stay tuned. Tom Fitton joining us live in just one minute. Mike Davis was on saying, hey, uh, in this illegal raid, if these documents were so damaging and so critical. Why did you wait 18 months? Why would you wait until right around, I don't know, let's see, right around the midterms to raid Donald Trump's house? Trump's lawyer there, Haddad, saying, hey, this is political. They're doing this because Biden's down in the polls. That's completely true. And Mike Davis saying, yo, if these if these nuclear secrets were so damaging, well, then why didn't you ask for these 18 months ago? Why have you waited so long? Mike Davis hitting, of course, out of the park. Take it away. So if these if these records were so dangerous in President Trump's hands at Mar-a-Lago, why did Biden, why did Attorney General Merrick Garland, why did they wait 18 months to go get them? This is a total political hit on a former president because they're fearful he's going to be the president again. And they also know that President Trump declassified on January 19th, 2021 and took the crossfire hurricane records that are so damaging politically for Obama, Biden, Hillary, the FBI, the intel community. Seems like they're really afraid of Donald Trump. Boy, if there's something the Biden regime has taught us is that we live inside of a country of takers. These people will literally take money out of your bank account to pay for their student loans. It is infuriating. That's why it's so refreshing to partner with a company that is a giver. Pure Talk wants to give you something. That's right. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're takers. They take way too much of your money for data you will never use. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, gives you choices. Only pay for the data that you need. That's how the average family, like mine, saves 75 bucks a month switching to Pure Talk. With Pure Talk, it's easy to find the right plan for you and your family, unlimited talk, text, and data, and plans from two gigs all the way to unlimited with mobile hotspots, all on America's most reliable 5G network. So why pay more? Here's another thing. Pure Talk's going to give you. This month, when you switch to Pure Talk, you pay one month, they'll give you the next month free. The big, woke corporate cell phone service providers would never. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, choose a plan, enter the promo code Benny at checkout, and get your second month free. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code Benny to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Yeah, it does seem like they're really afraid of Donald Trump. What exactly are in these documents? So you got to take a step back and ask the question. We covered this yesterday and we think we're, that we're on to it. We know exactly where these nuclear codes are coming from. We know exactly what these documents are about. And actually, it was on this show. Originally, if you were watching and if you were tuning into this show, you knew back on July 4th, more than a month before Donald Trump's home was raided. 
We broadcast exactly what was happening. Cash Patel was on this show for a July 4th special. That's why this clip is going to look a little weird. We got to play in this clip because this goes into the historical record. Rolling Stone, CBS News, NBC News all dug up this clip yesterday and published it saying, hey, on The Benny Show, Cash Patel told us exactly why Donald Trump was going to get raided a month before he was raided. Cash Patel saying that these Russiagate documents are exactly the reason that they're going after Donald Trump. He's in a fight for his life to get these Russiagate documents declassified. They've already been declassified and that the agencies are attempting to shield from the American public the damaging documents that expose Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Joe Biden in the cover up of the century. They did this through dirty dossier and funding foreign spies with foreign intelligence agencies in order to essentially cobble together a witch's kitchen of lies about Donald Trump. That's what the dossier is. They used a bunch of Russians to do it and a bunch of dirty MI6 agents to do it from the collapsed British Empire. Steel and all the rest. This is why you have these. This is why you have the, the nuclear code situation with Donald Trump. It's all laid out and it was all clear a month before the raid. We predicted it on this show. Roll the tape. Says now that Cash has authority, when will he release the declassified documents that were never released? Yeah, I wish I had the authority. So I've seen a lot of this on Truth Social. And what happened was President Trump substituted me in to be his representative at the National Archives because we did this big declass at the end of the Trump administration. And his cronies actually bureaucratically stopped the declassification process, if you believed it. The commander in chief said declassified to this mountain of documents. And he walked out and his cronies were like, well, we're not going to exactly do that. So now we're in this fight and people think I can just walk down to the National Archives and like throw it in my, you know, uh, my backpack and walk out. I'm working on it. And of course, the bureaucracy is getting in the way, but that's not going to stop us. I will be going to the National Archives in the coming weeks. I will be identifying those documents and I will be demanding that they be released because they are already declassified. The reason they're not released is because they show more corruption at the FBI and DOJ, just like we showed uh, during our Russiagate investigation when Devin and I landed. With Devin and I have always said, the American public has only seen 60% of what we've been able to see. So just imagine that 60 percent and you have the biggest criminal scandal in U.S. history. Why why won't they release the other 40 percent? The same reason they didn't want to release the first 60 percent. It shows corruption at the highest levels. It shows politicization. It shows political enemies using the intelligence system and law enforcement to prosecute a political vendetta, which should never be allowed. So I am going to continue that work at the National Archives. I apologize. I can't get it declassified overnight, but I'm on it. That story is enough to drive a man to drink. And that's exactly why I was drinking a Bud Heavy in that clip. <laughs> this was our 4th of July special, kind of a different vibe and a different look. Cash Patel on the show, on the show, saying exactly what happened to Donald Trump, predicting the future, powering up his flux capacitor, hopping in the DeLorean and saying, yo, I will tell you what is about to happen. The raid that was inconceivable predicted here on this show, Cash Patel saying that these are about the Russiagate documents. We do not have the full set and data of documents that you have a right to see. They are trying to politically persecute Donald Trump and they're trying to hide all of this information from you. But thank God for people like Cash Patel who expose this kind of information and our boy Tom Fitton at Judicial Watch, who is doing just the God's work right now and has been doing it for the better part of the last couple decades. Tom Fitton joins us now.
Tom, thank you so much for being on the program. My God, this is like, uh, I, I think that God probably put you on earth for a time like this. Gotta tell you, like I've loved your work uh, for my entire career, but now Judicial Watch is crushing it. But you must give us an update now with this appeal. Uh, the DOJ, it's a cover up, man. What are they trying to hide? Well, they're showing contempt for the court. You know, I know the legal word is different than the moral contempt they have for the court. So earlier this week, the judge complains, well, there are all these leaks. We've got to get some, uh, get the people to have some confidence in the system. Let's have a special master. So what do they do the next day? They leak information to the Washington Post about, you know, records that Trump supposedly had. And now, uh, just the day before, they're supposed to come back with Trump's team with their suggestions for a special master. Uh, they, uh, A, give notice to the court that they're going to appeal, which is their right. But they also file a document, which I thought was, is, was again, showing further contempt for the court. They said it doesn't really matter how you rule. Uh, we do know if we don't get what we want by September 15th, we're going to appeal it. While asking for this at the same time for a partial stay to the ruling as at least it relates to her restricting their access to classified records. And also in that filing, which I thought was very interesting, the media didn't pick up on, is that they confessed they had personal effects of the president and they were going to return them. So it, it, it took litigation in order for them to turn back stuff that they shouldn't have had. You know, and we found out from the material they gave to the court earlier this week that that material includes clothing. Uh, obvious gifts that he had had and he took with him and other things they had no business having and also medical records now we know uh, so this was a this was as cash was intimating they were went in there and they vacuumed up everything they thought they could get away with and uh, now they're going to have to return some of it while telling the court they should be trusted on everything else and i go back and you know this is the big dispute with the media doesn't want to talk about much and frankly, the Justice Department continues to be dishonest on when it comes to the court, is that these records, whether they're classified or not, is a matter of great dispute. And uh, our experience is, because we were on the visit, we took the position that the Justice Department is currently taking. Someone takes records from the Oval Office and the White House, it doesn't matter if they're president or not, those are presidential records potentially, and they, they need to be evaluated. And we sued on that very issue with respect to Bill Clinton. And the court told us to jump in a lake. The National Archives told us to jump in a lake. And the Justice Department told us to jump in a lake. And so, uh, because they said that he has the right to designate any records he wants as personal. And uh, the Justice Department, uh, Ben, specifically in this case, he's, they told the court, um, if he has records after he leaves the White House, presumably they're personal. You know, so what changed? Why did they change their approach in the rules when it came to Trump? And I was outraged because, hey, we lost, right? And then they come back and say, oh, well, uh, you know, everything Judicial Watch said, now all of a sudden we agree with, despite the court ruling saying we had no business even asking for these documents or demanding these documents to begin with. And, you know, to go back to the beginning, I'm talking about the Clinton sock drawer tapes. We found out through press reports that uh, some author had interviewed Trump, excuse me, interviewed Clinton uh, while he was president. 
And it wasn't just an interview. He actually was recording him engaging in the business of the presidency. He was talking to foreign leaders. That sort of conversation is almost always classified. Talking to foreign, uh, talking to government um, officials and members of Congress. We cover a lot of data on this show. So when was the last time you heard us talk about a number that reached absolute zero? Well, a few times. There are absolutely zero functional brain cells inside of Joe Biden's head. There is 0% chance of us voting for a Democrat in November, and there's 0% chance that Hillary Clinton will become president. Financially, in our lifetime, we have seen numbers reach absolute zero, and it's been terrifying. In the last recession, stocks like Washington Mutual, Lehman Brothers, and Chrysler reached absolute zero in value overnight. Could it happen again? Of course it could. And if it did, would you be protected? This is why we invest in gold. Gold has never been at absolute zero in value ever in world history. In fact, gold value is rising like a hockey stick. That's why the savviest Americans, like me, diversify their savings to protect them from downturns in the market, from global instability, and from a falling, collapsing dollar. Birch Gold Group helps me invest in gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and they can help you. Text Benny to 989898, and you can convert your old 401k or IRA into a precious metals-backed IRA right now. Do it. It's the smart move, and... We got two more years of Joe Biden, so what can you do, man? Text Benny to 989898 to invest in something of real value with my friends at Birch Gold. Debating on for, uh, defense matters, presumptively classified materials. We said, well, I, why isn't this covered by the Presidential Records Act? And that's why we sued. And again, Justice Department, the National Archives, and the court, they all came back to us and said, look, uh, you know, what is the court said? What if he says no? There's nothing we can do. He has the right to choose to keep records. That's the situation with Donald Trump. And if I were him, I've been yelling about it since February. I go back to the court and I say, all these records are mine. Why did the Justice Department change their mind here? What is different about this than Bill Clinton? Well, we know what's different. It's Trump. Yeah. You know, the, the reason is Trump. So why did they do this? Why? It's because it's Trump. And all the prerogatives a president has don't apply to Trump. Civil liberties that every other citizen has doesn't apply to Trump. And now we're seeing they're expanding that, right, outward. It doesn't apply to Steve Bannon. It doesn't apply to those who disputed the January of the uh, 2020 elections. You know, those rights are being eliminated and eviscerated and trapped down uh, by the left that uh, thinks that the rule of law doesn't protect their political opponents. Yeah, I mean, you you clearly are the bravest person in America. Nobody, uh, I I know, I know no man brave enough to want to explore Bill Clinton's sock drawer. Uh, certainly, don't do it with a black light. It will uh, uh, the the radiation will probably uh, melt your retinas. Uh, however, uh, th th you do you do talk about a case that we've covered on this show many many times, and we're very excited to have you on the program to talk about it. Mike Davis has been on the show. Uh, Harmy Dillon. They've brought up this case time and time again. This is the seminal case where a agency. Uh, where a federal agency is telling you they don't have the right to do what they're doing to Donald Trump. And that's never been appealed. Am I correct? That is the standing law of the land. Yeah, we uh, we lost that. I don't think we appealed it. Uh, the court was interpreting, you know, higher court rulings as well and Supreme Court rulings. So, uh, look, the Presidential Records Act is an interesting law. It's kind of it's walking a fine line constitutionally. It's trying to preserve presidential records, records that 
allegedly, you know, that the government or the people have a right to have because it documents our history and the operations of the executive branch, while also protecting the rights of the president as president. He's commander in chief. He's the chief executive. And so they're trying to figure out, well, how is it we solve that problem? You know, how do we defer to him? Well, we let him choose what's a presidential record or not. And that's what happened here. And uh, in the case of these sock drawer tapes, I think it was 78 tapes, he just took them with him. And they said, there's no, there's no questioning that. They're presumptively personal. And that's what happened here. And as Cash has pointed out, uh, the material uh, was in, in large measure, it looks like specifically declassified. And I think he's onto something because he's asking for the documents at the archives we had seen these documents and be declassified, and we sued the Justice Department, said, give us these documents. The president declassified them. Why are you holding them? Yeah. And that was just the week before the raid. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think all the signs are this was a this was a job designed to go in and it was and it was a cleaner job. You know, they sent the cleaners in to see what they could grab. And, you know, maybe they didn't find what they were expecting to find. I suspect that's the case here. That's why you see all these loser leaks out of the Justice Department about documents that aren't all that important, pretending that they're classified, or suggesting they're classified without even saying they're classified, because they know they're not classified. I mean, they're playing a shell game. And again, they're showing contempt for the court by saying all this stuff is so sensitive, it's so sensitive that it gets leaked. Unbelievable, gar unbelievable corruption out of this Justice Department. So you don't think they got what they were what they were intending to get and what has been told to this show many times over by Cash and uh, Rick Grinnell and many others is that they were intending to get the Russiagate, the de the declassified Russiagate stash of documents. Uh, do you agree with that? And then uh, as a follow up, do you think that the FBI went and got what they were trying to get here? I think they wanted to know what Trump had on them. And so I don't know what's in those documents. I believe most of them, based on uh, the reporting on John Solomon, if not all of them, at least the materials that were declassified at the end of his term were turned over. Uh, to the degree he was using them personally and took them with him when he left the White House, the position of the Justice Department is they're presumptively personal. And when you have the Justice Department going in and suggesting all this stuff are government documents, and they suggested that to the court to get the warrant searched, they're still suggesting it. They're saying that these documents are classified. That's simply not true under their prior positions. Now, it's possible Joe Biden can come back and say, well, I see these documents. I'm going to reclassify them. Well, you know, that's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Uh, but there's no doubt this president had documents he had every right to have under the law. And the raid was a sham. The National Archives, they could ask, you know, you can ask for anything. I could ask for your emails. Then you're going to tell me to say, you know, you're going to tell me no. Uh, but I have no right to demand them. And the archives could ask for records, but they had no right to demand them and launch a criminal investigation over this uh, wild abuse of power, to put it mildly. Yeah. I mean, if you if you look through my emails, you'd see a lot of Nigerian princes writing me. OK, like a, like you, you'd be amazed. I mean, I have some some great royalty in Africa that just uh, just as long as I transfer 10 grand, that's all they need. Right. And And so I do it every time. Still waiting for that to pay out, but hey, yo. I, I get lots of spam asking me who runs things at Judicial Watch. So I'll write back <laughs> when you let me know. You know, when you find out, let me know.
Here's the Judicial Watch. I think we have the article to put up on screen. Judicial Watch fires, files FOIA request suit against National Archives. DOJ referral uh, to investigate Trump records. This published on August 24th, 2022. Uh, do you think you're going to think you're going to get uh, you're going to get the the proper records here? Are you going to are you going to wind up with one of these? I suppose is my question. One of these specials. Which, what are you going to get? Are you going to get one? Of, like, uh, are you going to get the old uh, Hunter, Saturday at Hunter Biden's house? A lot of white lines. I, I think we're going to get some material. We're always going to get uh, redacted documents. But isn't it wonderful that the National Archives that is trying to vindicate the rule of law when it comes to the public's right to know about what the government's up to, specifically the president, has ignored the law here and is violating the FOIA law. And, um, you know, we knew from the get go this was uh, this 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 was a fraud back in February. I started yelling about it, tweeting about it. The big the big media, the big fact checkers came in, tried to fact check me because I don't know what I'm talking about. We've only been litigating these issues for nearly 30 years at Judicial Watch. And so the Justice Department knew there was this dispute, yet they still went in. They kept on telling the courts, oh, no, these are government records. These are government records. Nowhere do I see that they told the court that there has been a legitimate dispute about the status of records the president takes. And our prior position is he gets to be deferred to. He gets to make the decision. That's what the court found, and that's what we told, that's what we told the court to find. So this is, the, this is a big sham. And, uh, but, you know, going back to this, you know, we, we want to talk about uh, the legalities of who, what records should be, and, you know, which obviously kind of describes how silly the debate is. I mean, it's a fight about records and about empty folders. But they were going to they were going to raid his home for some reason. Because the left was pushing this take a step back. Remember the left was pushing Garland. Biden was pushing Garland to be more aggressive with Trump. So if it wasn't this, it would have been something else, uh all of which would have been uh, an abuse of authority. Because I tell you, when you use law enforcement to achieve political ends, like this administration's doing and what had happened under Obama, you know, that's how a Republican form of government can end like that. What is the next step here? So this appeals process, um, we're, I mean, so we've called a couple of our favorite lawyers that we speak to on this show. They said that this appeals process could take a while. This now gets kicked up, obviously, to another federal circuit. Uh, what is the three-judge panel in Atlanta, I believe. What Can you can you game theory? Uh, what do you think is going to happen here? Because as of now, it does seem, and we we have an optimistic show here, we hope against hope, but it does seem that Donald Trump is, is achieving some victories in this regard. Uh, could those end? Yeah, that's possible. Um, but I want to focus on what you said there. Justice Department's been losing. Yeah. Remember, they didn't want to turn over one word about what they did to him. They didn't want to turn over the warrant. That was forced out. They didn't want to turn over the affidavit. That was forced out. Uh, they didn't want a special master. They didn't want any accountability for the documents, any third party looking at the documents, any judicial oversight over the documents they seized from his home. They lost that. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the court in my experience as a non-lawyer, you know, appellate courts typically or should give deference to the lower court judges who are seeing these issues procedurally right in front of them. That they, you know, that this is, she's managing a case and uh, there's no reason for the appeals court to come in and second guess her. 
this is a special master that's going to be looking at documents. It happens all the time. Uh, the Justice Department doesn't like to lose against Trump, uh, but that's not good enough reason, in my view, to overthrow her decision. Mm -hmm. Do you believe? Decision. Do you believe that more raids could be coming? We're starting to see that sort of, you know, that idea sort of percolate that they they didn't get what they wanted here. You said it uh, from the get uh, uh, two questions ago. Do you believe that more raids could conceivably be uh, uh, in, in store for Donald Trump? No, I don't think they're going to raid Bill Clinton's home for those tapes. I don't think they're <laughs> going to raid Hunter Biden. I don't think they're going to raid Delaware. Um, you know, will they raid Trump's home? I mean, again, uh, they've shown contempt for the court. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. Uh, and... Um, you know, the question is, who's running the show at the Justice Department? I've always I've been observing that the Justice Department and basically Democratic Party uh, is riven in a fight between the communists and the corrupt corporatists, right? And the corrupt corporatists don't like this noise. But it seems the communists are winning. And they're abusing power uh, and they're escalating things. So, uh, you know, the president should prepare for the worst and he should make the strongest arguments possible to preserve and protect his uh, civil rights here because you know this president is a crime victim like none other has ever been we have this final article and a final question about judicial watch we have the final article here presidential records found right in clinton's sock drawer this is exactly what you were talking about we have had mike davis on the program saying that if this winds up at the supreme court you could get like an like a like an 8-1 ruling in Trump's favor because the decided law of the land is so clear. And he cites Judicial Watch uh, essentially as the precedent there, uh, along with Navy versus Egan, I think in 1988. Yeah. Uh, um, it, could you talk us through, in game theory, what would happen if this actually did wind up at the Supreme Court, which Donald Trump seems raring and ready to go, lawyering up like crazy uh, to really win this battle? Well, to the degree the Presidential Records Act is constitutional, it has to defer to the president's rights uh, to designate records as presidential or personal. Frankly, federal government officials have that right when they're figuring out whether a record is a federal record that needs to be maintained under the law or something short of that. And the president as president obviously has much more significant um, responsibilities and, and powers constitutionally. And of course, he's the commander in chief. And, and that goes to uh, his ability to classify records. He can just, on his own, without even telling anyone, say this record is classified. And certainly the Justice Department's prior position in this Judicial Watch case, again, this is a case we lost, okay? So we know this argument very well because we were on the wrong side of it. Hmm. And uh, the Justice Department side of it is, they're his records, the judge said they're his records. There's no way even a court can second guess what records he designates as personal. And the Justice Department's position is once he takes records out of the White House, uh, the inquiry is over. And so my view is that um, to the degree the courts look at this in a more substantial way outside, you know, left Twitter world, they're going to recognize uh, this, that this was uh, it, it would eviscerate. Uh, the president's prerogatives as president to maintain and control his records of his presidency. And, you know, the separation of powers don't don't let these other branches of government get into that. Uh, 
And that I think that's going to be upheld. But we'll see, because some of these courts have been terribly politicized when it comes to Trump. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think your your instincts are right about the Supreme Court, that we're going to be very skeptical of the idea uh, that the National Archives gets to tell the president what records he can keep or not. That doesn't yeah. make sense. Who's the boss? <laughs> <laughs> the ang the angry blue-haired seething librarians in the bowels of the archives sitting now, there is there leftists yes who think that they're as bureaucrats they've been blessed with special powers not given to any other u.s government official in our republican form of government or any other citizen they get to tell the president what to keep and what not to keep and to second guess those decisions once they've been made and that's not any that's not anywhere in the law that's what we've been saying yeah. Just as an extremely fast follow up, uh, Republican oversight, do you have any hope that Republicans, if they get back Congress, will have oversight? What would you advise them to do in this scenario? Well, severely curtail the budgets, uh, impeach um, officials by the boatload. And you know, I mean, not just president or a cabinet official are here, but, you know, others who have not fulfilled their duties uh, you do the investigations. Uh, but uh, in the end, we have to look at specifically, though, how these agencies are being, uh, how they're being run and why there's no, uh, why they've been so politicized in a way that they can't be trusted to prosecute a jaywalking ticket, let alone a politically sensitive case uh, like one involving the president or one manufactured to involve a president. Uh, yeah. you know, someone's got to do some policing finally. Yeah. You can't have a country when you have institutions with such massive awe-inspiring power to destroy someone's life and then nobody believes in those yeah, i mean it's going to be tough to get documents from the biden administration you had republicans in congress who couldn't get documents from the trump administration because of of the deep staters and their and the um establishment republicans that were running things in some of those agencies so you know that's going to be just the big fight and back and forth uh so what else can they do and i'm highlighting some of the other things they can do cut their budgets cut their authorities, impeach, or force the removal of the bad guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch, where can people follow your work and what is the easiest way that they can support your work? Uh, at judicialwatch.org, judicialwatch.org. And of course, we're all over the internet on Twitter and Facebook and Getter and uh, True Social and Rumble and everywhere. So. You know, we're everywhere and the left hates it. They hate it because Tom's an actual fighter. Tom Fitton is an actual fighter. Now, not only is the guy like, I've, I've met Tom a couple of times, man. Not only is the guy like, you don't want to actually get in a brawl with the guy. Okay, because Tom Fitton's in shape, but like Tom's an actual fighter and they hate him for it. And he often pushes these issues and the man actual get, actually gets results. He really actually gets results. So please consider going over to Judicial Watch and supporting their work. Thank you, Ben. All right. Thank you for being on the show, Tom. You're welcome. Godspeed. Fighters, baby. That's who we have on this program. Fighters. We're fighters and we fight for our families. We fight for the future of America. We have a lot of good things to fight for in this country. And lucky us, places like England, right? Maybe not so much. Maybe a collapsed kingdom there. And maybe they don't have as much to fight for. But we certainly have a fighting spirit as Americans. And we continue the course of history to hope against hope that we can create something new and beautiful here in this country. Something that 
harkens back to a time when you had fairness in these institutions, you had faith in your institutions, and you knew that the rule of law was a thing that actually combined uh, all of the things that make life worth living. Like, for instance, the belief in God and the belief in justice and the belief that there is a sovereignty that should bind all of us and that everyone is created equal. Unfortunately, that has been destroyed. And we do have a report here that shocked us to the very core. Uh, Paul Sperry over on Getter, who has been right about many, many things. Paul Sperry, one of the best reporters in the country, saying that the FBI is planning on raiding more Trump properties. Now, this is a single source report, so we'll just tell you exactly what the source is. But according to Becker News, the FBI will raid more Donald Trump properties, uh, according to sources from Paul Sperry. Uh, the Department of Justice, which has become an arm of the Biden administration's effort to prevent Donald Trump from running for president, uh, has impaneled a criminal grand jury to investigate his PAC. The development spurred reports that more FBI raids against Donald Trump will now be expected. Biden, DOJ, and FBI planning to raid Mar-a-Lago and other Trump properties. According to sources, Paul Sperry reported, Biden, DOJ, and FBI have impaneled another criminal grand jury to investigate Trump to make America, Trump's Make America Great Again committee, that's his super PAC, uh, parent, uh, parent of the Save America PAC, which has been raising small donations in response to the FBI's raid and the latest witch hunt against Trump. So more to come. As the FBI and as the federal agencies attempt to rig, essentially, an election against Donald Trump and against Republicans, of course, they're doing this right now. Not 18 months ago. No, no, no. Donald Trump was just sitting there with the nuclear codes and he he stole a nuclear launch button, of course, right? Like, so Donald Trump sitting there with all these valuable documents. They didn't do it 18 months ago. They didn't do it when Joe Biden's approval rating was super high. They didn't do it when they, it was benefiting them to have Trump out of the news. No, no, no. They do it at the point of absolute and imminent collapse of the regime. This is a political persecution. This is something that shouldn't happen in this country. It's something that happens in the third world. Something that happens in collapsed nations. And speaking of collapsed nations, we mourned with the United Kingdom yesterday in remembering the queen. The queen lived an incredible life. Now, we are not monarchists on this show. We are Republicans. We believe in a republic. However, we are also conservatives. And so on this show, we wish and promote things that conserve the values and traditions that are worth conserving. And the queen is exactly one of those values and traditions. She represented, obviously, a time gone by. Not a single monarch in human history has lived through more societal change and has been a testament and a cornerstone to the way the world was, to the way that the world had tradition, values, belief in God. She served in World War II. She was crowned queen in 1953. Back when there was still a British Empire, back when England still made things and still had a something in their bones that was truly and traditionally English. Tucker Carlson said last night, now England is just a, a banking center for Europe and a refugee camp. And it's hard to disagree with him, but the queen represented something more than that, represented something timeless. And that as conservatives, we should appreciate and we should appreciate and want to conserve traditions. What's the point of being a conservative if there's nothing left to conserve? What's the point of being a Republican if there is no republic? The queen represented that, and we also want to acknowledge that the queen herself was uh, deferential uh, so many times in her uh, reign uh, to America. She loved America. She visited with American presidents. She visited this country many times, and she even played the Star Spangled Banner at 
Buckingham Palace uh, in the in the aftermath of 9/11, and we thought that was uh, uh, really really beautiful that she would do such a thing. We found the old footage; it gave us chills, and here it is. No, and we are told that at the request of the Queen, the Coldstream Guards band played the Star Spangled Banner. Let's listen. about this country and if you care about tradition and if you care about people who maintained dignity and honor when the world of politics and power have become egregiously undignified, well, then you should celebrate uh, the queen's life and you should mourn with the nation in her passing. Uh, somebody who we follow very closely, of course, on this show and somebody who we wish to emulate and somebody who, of course, is a mentor uh, for has been a mentor for me, somebody who I worked for on his digital site at the Daily Caller, Tucker Carlson, had this to say last night about the Queen, and we thought it was poignant and perfect, as Tucker often is. Elizabeth II died today in Scotland, as you likely know, at the age of 96. She was the longest-serving monarch in British history. She was born in one world and died in another. It's not easy to maintain your dignity while living in the public eye. Most of us could not pull it off for an afternoon. Queen Elizabeth did it for more than 70 years. I want to ask you all, she wrote shortly before her coronation in 1953, whatever your religion may be, to pray for me on that day, to pray that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I shall be making and that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. For the most part, she did just that. And that was not a small achievement given the period she lived in. The week that Elizabeth was coronated, Edmund Hillary, British subject from New Zealand, a beekeeper, became the first man in history to summit Mount Everest. The achievement seemed symbolic at the time, Britain on top of the world. But in fact, Britain was already over, whether the British knew it or not. To this day, Britain claims to have won both of the 20th century's world wars, but together they destroyed that nation forever. After victory came humiliation. The empire evaporated, and along with it, Britain's self-confidence and ultimately its self-respect. It's hard to believe now, but Britain wasn't always a regional banking center slash refugee camp. It was a real place with a history and a language and a culture and a genuinely remarkable people. A country in the North Atlantic the size of Alabama that somehow took over the world and ruled it with decency unmatched by any empire in human history. Powerful words from Tucker Carlson. We encourage you to go on and watch his almost six minute uh, monologue about the queen and her beautiful life. It is incredible. And it's up on our social media. Uh, uh, truly a, you know, again, 
What are we conserving? Like, what are we conserving here? We should celebrate the life of the queen. Uh, there are images that we found very fun going through of Trump and the queen. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, gave you who can forget this moment. Uh, apparently, Trump, according to Trump, like they had a great time together. There are a lot of really special moments here. Trump released a statement, pretty lengthy statement about the queen, but essentially saying that he and Melania are grieving uh, her loss, that they had an amazing time together, that she had great wisdom, a sense of humor and a generous friendship. Uh, what a grand and beautiful lady she was. Nobody like her. Image queen gun. What is this in the script? Did the queen hold a gun? There we go. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's badass. I think this was what during the Falklands war. This is pretty cool, man. Look at that. What? What a bad broad. And we have rainbows over the palace. Look at this, man. Lee, we have the beautiful rainbows over the uh, the queen's palace. Also, yeah, apparently clouds that look like the queen that were all over England. The nation is uh, in mourning and rightfully so. I mean, it'll never be the same again. You lived through the last final great monarch. Uh, that actually understands what it means to be a Great Britain. Now there is no such thing as Great Britain. And with the uh, e eco-terrorist uh, Prince Charles, WEF completely owned and operated Prince Charles, man, you're not, you're not going to get like a, a, a dignified monarchy from the guy. Who knows what Will and Kate will do? Like we don't really follow this stuff super closely. It is interesting for Americans to see. We always have a kindred blood with England. It is England that uh, helped found this nation and obviously many of our traditions are English and the Magna Carta a great roadmap for what would become the Declaration of Independence so a good example of a country that of course broke with its own traditions and broke with its own value system and then was imperiled by that break we are seeing it right now happening in this country and that's why we are sounding the alarm we're also sounding the alarm because of the bitter scum on social media who took this opportunity to attack the royal family and to attack the Queen of England, who has held the most dignified and powerful and important reign and the most just reign we think of any monarch or any monarch that we will ever live through ever again. The New York Times said we shouldn't romanticize the Queen, Queen Elizabeth's era written by some Harvard professor, Maya Jansoff. The article wastes little time getting to the thesis of demonizing the queen as a relic of a racist era in which she oversaw the dissolution of the British Empire. Hmm. Well, you have to go on and ask yourself, ladies and gentlemen, if anything is better. You must ask, is anything better? Tucker asked this on his show last night, and we ask this as well. Inside of these nations, right, which have then broke away from the crown, have has life gotten better? That is the question that you should go state by state and place by place, whether it be Robert Mugabe, uh, whether it be life in India. You have to go and ask yourself these questions. And this this is in, this is, of course, indeed something that is being asked on MSNBC, who took absolutely no time to pause and celebrate the passing of this beautiful woman who was 96 years old, the longest reigning ma uh, monarch, just to show you how cruel, indifferent, stupid these people are. These people who've created nothing and added no value uh, going here and dancing on the grave of the Queen of England. These people are a, a true, true sick cult. Watch this clip from MSNBC. 
That's why people go there. And I, I know I'm uh, you know, going to be the skunk at the garden party today, to use a British expression. And, and I, again, I also would pay tribute to Queen Elizabeth for her unrivaled service and dedication. But it was her great, 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 great grandfather, George III, who we rebelled from to start the United States of America. You played a, a clip of her speaking in Cape Town in 1947 in right. South Africa. Right. That's the year apartheid took effect in South Africa. They, that was something British colonialism ushered in. British colonialism, which she presided over for all these years, was, had a terrible effect on, on much of the world. It's something that people uh, revolt from. And I, I have to say to the, your earlier question, why, why are news, American news networks uh, dedicating all of this time to Queen Elizabeth's funeral? I think it's a good question. I mean, these jackals, these people, they never created anything in their lives. And all they do is use the iron law of wokeism. The iron law of wokeism is this. And wokeism defined as this, that everything in society is meant to oppress, that every single structure is wrong, that everything that came before me is evil, and that only I, only me, the woke, the pretentious prick on MSNBC with his stupid Warby Parker glasses and his dyed hair, only he, in his modern era, with his modern sensibilities, is righteous. And the Bible warns about people like this. And even the cesspool that is Twitter.com was so aggrieved by this Carnegie Mellon professor's tweet. An excruciating death. This is a professor from in, in Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh writing that she hopes the queen's death was miserable. The wretched woman and her bloodthirsty throne have effed generations of my ancestors. It's all about you, right? It's all about you. You would have done it differently. You, you communists, you jackals, you people. It is truly and, and it is repulsive. It makes my stomach turn because inside of the last 100 years, you can see the results of these people's policies. You can see the genocides worse than anything that happened in World War II inside of communist nations. Mao Zedong's Great Leap Forward, Stalin's Red Purge, the hellscape, the murder, mass murder, 60 million. Chinese murdered by their own country inside of Mao's communist China. That's worse than anything Hitler did by the numbers. Now, it's hard to argue who's the bigger monster. But these people who use the state for fascist ends, and that's exactly what this professor would want to do. Twitter eventually removed her post for violating the rules. So the communist cesspool of Twitter was so repulsed by this professor, this left-wing professor, that they took down her posts. Sick. These sick people. And what they advocate for, they claim to be the angels. What they advocate for is political persecution, the mass murder of their own countrymen who disagree with them. That is the only way that these people can maintain power. We'd wish in a perfect world that every state could simply be a republic and that all of us could just live in harmony, but it cannot be. We don't live in a perfect world. We live inside of a fallen world. Christendom understands that. That's why inside of Christian nations, you put in place laws where all men are created equal, where there is morality that hopefully governs this land. John Adams said that this is a Christian nation and that America will fail 
without having Christians following the tenets of Judeo-Christian moral values. We are starting to see the breaking of this nation right now because of that, because of secularist monsters like this woman. What's her name? Let's name her and shame her. This woman, Uju Ayana, Uju Ayana. This woman would want communism for all of us. She would want imprisonment for her political enemies. She would do what every single leftist and every single communist throughout, not the course of history, just the last hundred years. There are people still alive who remember it, who are walking and talking today, who remember Stalin's purge, who remember the Great Leap Forward. These people claim to offer something different and better than Queen Elizabeth offered on the throne during her incredibly dignified and restrained and apolitical reign. No, these people offer death and destruction and cruelty. And that's all they've ever offered. These people are the true monsters. That is why we celebrate the queen. And writing at Andrew Breitbart, uh, writing at Breitbart.com, Andrew Pollack saying that conservatives and Republicans and originalists should celebrate and love the queen. Passing of Queen Elizabeth II evoked surprisingly powerful emotions from the United States. We American conservatives in particular seem to have a fondness for the queen, despite our passionate attachment to the spirit of the founding. One reason conservatives like the queen is a sentiment that we share with all Americans, that the royal family is simply interesting. As human beings, we relate to family stories, the drama of the queen's families, uh, the abdication, Philip's self-sacrifice, Charles's divorce, and so on and so on. And the tragedy, of course, grips us as a news stories. But as conservatives in particular, we draw on the principle for which the queen and the monarchy and institution have stood, tradition, faith, order, and ritual. While we are not a monarchy and we are were ruled by a man named George Washington, two terms, and then he, he essentially did his own abdication. George Washington didn't have to leave office. He left office for the good of the country. They set forth a different path. However, even in his departure speech, his farewell address, George Washington talked about how this country must maintain those things, faith, order, ritual, and tradition in order to maintain itself. George Washington argued against the politicization of the political parties. George Washington argued against the structure of political parties itself, which led to mass civil war inside of their home nation. Do you know that George Washington only was an American because of civil war in England based on embittered, entrenched political parties that fought each other? That's why George Washington's family moved to America to escape civil war inside of England. And that is why George Washington warned against the creation of political parties here in this nation. We can't quote it exactly, but George Washington's farewell speech said, hey, you better not create entrenched political parties because what will happen is jackals will become, will use those parties in order to, he called them unscrupulous men, will use those parties to gain power and then they'll destroy the systems that got them power. They'll destroy the justice in this nation. George Washington would grind his teeth to wooden ashes if he were to see what's happening next in this next story where you see the total and complete, utterly repulsive and egregious political persecution of one side. And that side is Steve Bannon, who's a friend of this show. Steve Bannon has been on this show. We did an hour long interview with him talking about everything from how to inspire young men to be great men to the uh, ability uh, for men to take uh, 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 idolatry and uh, addiction out of their own lives. 
We are fans of Steve Bannon on this program, and he is a friend of the show. We really encourage you to go back and watch our interview with him a few weeks back. It was uh, a, a incredible, and I actually, I actually learned a lot. Steve Bannon is one of those men who have wisdom. He's one of those men who have power. He has an audience, and that is why he's being persecuted. Now, you already had a ruling inside of Washington, D.C. Uh, to indict Steve Bannon. Uh, and Steve Bannon will be sentenced, I think, in October for that. He may get zero jail time. He may get a little bit of jail time. Now, this came out of left field. The state of New York, with their Soros-backed prosecutors and Soros-backed attorney generals, are going after Steve Bart Steve Bannon, making him a martyr, parading him in handcuffs, perp-walking him in handcuffs through City Hall for reporters yesterday. This is third world bullshit. I do not swear often on this show. Steve Bannon has done nothing wrong here, except for perhaps do business in the state of New York. And then New York used that as an opportunity to come after Steve Bannon and then to do this to him. Tell me the last time you've seen this happen in America. In case you're wondering if we are descending into the third world madness that happened, of course, after the crown fell and after the British Empire fall fell, it is happening here in this nation. Watch this repulsive video uh, of what they did to Steve Bannon in New York yesterday. Yeah. For every conservative this is what happens in the last days of a dying regime. They will never shut me up and kill me first. I have not yet begun to fight. Do you not think that that could happen to your child or to you? Do you think that if they can do that to Steve Bannon for what they, they said, the, what, what, there's some type of like 501c3. He, he didn't had an organization we build the wall, some type of 501c3 random violation. I don't know exactly. Uh, let's see here. Reading the article. Uh, Trump, Steve Bannon escorted through uh, New York in handcuffs. They shackled Bannon. Bannon said they'll have to kill me first. Bannon is expected to be released. No cash bail. Surrender his passport. Bannon is, was arraigned on Thursday. Supreme Court. So this this article has, uh, uh, you, you know, we know that on its face, this has something to do with fraud charges for a fundraiser that Bannon had years ago. They're looking Every criminal in New York is set free to go murder and torch and abuse, and they're coming after Steve Bannon. They're letting straight-up murderers walk free in New York, and they're coming after Steve Bannon. Political persecution, it is evil. Get out of the cities. Get out of blue states. We've said this for a long time. They're doing this to our friend Steve Bannon. They'll do it to you, and we have this to say to the left. You don't like the rules when they're turned on you. You didn't like the fact that there were three Supreme Court justices nominated by Donald Trump because of rules you made. You are the ones who got rid of the filibuster. Harry Reid got rid of the nuclear option for Supreme Court judicial appointments. And then Donald Trump used that to appoint 200 plus members of the judiciary. Conservatives and constitutionalists, we pray, so help us God. And then three. Supreme Court justices, you people lost Roe v. Wade, you, one of your sacred sacraments to mo the mulock that you worship. You lost it because of the rules you made. And so what will you say? 
when the George Soroses of the world are taken into custody in red states and paraded through the halls of red states, what will you say? You know, there's a lot of very rich and famous leftists who live in the state of Florida and who live in Texas. What will you say when this is turned on you? Our friend Jesse Kelly had a tweet. I don't think we have it for the show, but our friend Jesse Kelly had a tweet talking about just this, saying the only option here is for red states to do the exact same, to make the left fear that this will happen to them. Until that happens, they will continue to escalate unabated by any fear that this will ever be turned on them. This is what must happen. Trust me, the wealthy and the powerful on the left don't live inside of these cesspools of California and New York. They live in Florida. They live in Texas. They live in Tennessee. They live in Georgia. That's the new Hollywood. So what happens when your donors and when your nonprofit operators and when the people who run your manipulations of elections and our laws and our nonprofit systems and our NGOs? What happens when they get paraded through and perp walked through New York capitals? Sorry, through red state capitals like you just did in New York to Steve Bannon. There it is. If communists are using the judicial system to continually attack their GOP opponents without fear, it's the GOP's fault. Start using your state and your local power of uh, a power on your enemies. Give him at least a moment's pause before he thinks about doing it again the next time. Now, Ron DeSantis did this in part. Ron DeSantis went after Disney Corporation, put his boot on the heel of that rat company. And now Disney's stock is, of course, in the tank. Disney's image is in the tank. They're going to fire and clean house over at Disney, according to my sources. Ron DeSantis used the power of the state to crush the left and the woke inside of Disney, and they will never mess around with Florida again. This is the way the left has made the rules. And until Republicans start fighting back, we have no one else, no one but ourselves to blame. Fighting back is exactly what Texas is doing. We encourage Texas to perp walk the people who are breaking the laws of their states with these NGOs. But at the at the time, what they're doing is something very effective, which is shipping the migrants that run into their state over the open borders of the left. They're shipping them to places like Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C., saying that it is now a border town thanks to Republicans fighting back. Check out this clip. So it's been said, but it's worth reiterating that the governors of Texas and Arizona have created this crisis. And the federal government has not stepped up to assist the District of Columbia. So we, um, along with our regional partners, will do what we've always done. We'll rise to the occasion. We've learned from border towns like El Paso and Brownsville. Um, And in many ways, the governors of Texas and Arizona have turned us into a border town. We don't know how long this will take to resolve, we don't know how long they will continue busing. And so the right thing to do here is to be prepared to ensure we can greet every bus, we can get people off on the right foot, we can get them where they want to go, and that will ultimately help them in their immigration process. Oh, man, it's hard not to have like just bitter cynicism for these people. They created sanctuary cities inside of Washington, D.C. They opened the border. They said, let them come. And then here are these pale, translucent skinned librarian apparatchiks inside of Washington, these embittered communists saying, oh, don't bring the immigrants to my neighborhood. We don't want to have people standing around our neighborhoods. They're stressing out our state's resources. We want this to only happen to the red states on the border. 
We want this to only to happen to Texas so that we can utilize this population and manipulate them and then hopefully get them to vote for Democrats in the coming years and turn Texas purple and then blue. That's the goal here, not to add to my neighborhood some illegal migrants from Guatemala, maybe someone from MS-13, maybe a violent gang member or a human smuggler. That can't happen in my school district where my stupid kids go to school. These vicious, sick communists keep doing this red states, keep pushing back, keep fighting back. According to Breitbart, Washington, Mariel Bowser declared an emergency in the region as 11,000 border crossers have arrived uh, from Texas and Arizona on buses. These illegal aliens are flooding the system and are costing Washington, D.C. millions. They've begged for the National Guard, the National Guard that won't be deployed to the border. They've begged for it in Washington, D.C., and we find it beautiful. One of the states involved in these busings is the state of Florida. And we'll end our show on a positive note. The state of Florida finding uh, extreme victory in Don DeSantis, who will win by a billion points this year uh, in his election in just 58 days, the midterm elections, 58 days. Report find that, that Florida is number one in educational freedom. Of course, that's because Republicans swept all of the school boards this year in Florida, uh, Florida proving the model for the country. Red states get on board, begin to prosecute the leftists in your states. Let's perp walk them just like they did to Steve Bannon. Do it. There are illegal NGOs. There are illegal nonprofits that are functioning in all of these red states trying to destroy our states. Ron DeSantis showed us the way with Disney. Ron DeSantis showed us how to use executive power against these agencies. We do live inside of a federalist nation. Go check the 10th Amendment, baby, to the Constitution. The powers that are not found here for the federal government, those powers go to the state. We live inside of a world with a Supreme Court. That is a center-right Supreme Court, a constitutionalist Supreme Court, and they will uphold these values. Please, red states, preserve the freedom in your states and in your borders and use executive authority. Change your education system like this. Secure your voting rolls. Secure your electoral processes and save this republic, at least in red states for the future, as people collapse in blue states, a beautiful part of federalism and the beautiful part of this democratic system is that as people flee California, California becomes less populous. They get less members of con. This is already happening in New York. New York lost a couple of seats. I'm not sure if California lost a couple of seats in this last census, but they're about to. You're going to start losing. That's losing power for Democrats in these districts. Now, you could argue that we don't want, want Californians to flood places like Idaho and Arizona. That's a totally different uh, that's a totally different conversation. And that's, uh, of course, a, a good reason to clean out those voter rolls and to make sure you have secure elections in those states. But nonetheless, this is how it works. Create a system of freedom where people want to live in and they will move there and we will deplete and depreciate power from the left. There are systems in this country that still work and we must preserve them. We are here in the process of preserving the traditions and the value and the faith that actually drives us every single week on this show. We thank you so much for watching. We've had such an incredible run here, and we are so excited for many new and wonderful things in the future. We do this show because we have our value systems set correctly. God, family, country. We're born free men and women, and we're going to stay that way. We're going to keep fighting, and we hope that you have a beautiful weekend. We send you off with positivity and joy and a hope for the future. We are fighting right alongside with you. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show.